Welcome to Politics and Prose, the podcast focused on people and politics. Gail Dudley, the audacious advocate, is an author and activist committed to evoking an awakening that compels people and communities to move beyond the status quo. Gail has created a platform to introduce fresh voices through interviewing guests who are relevant to everyday life. Politics and Prose will also share aggregated political data and present it in a way that takes communities from being informed to taking action. New episodes air on Fridays. Make sure to follow Gail on Instagram, Twitter, and post.news at Gail Dudley. And subscribe to her YouTube, www.youtube.com slash Gail Dudley. Tune in to be informed and make sure to subscribe to Politics and Prose wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. Now let's get into it. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this edition of Politics and Prose. I am your host, Gail Dudley, the audacious advocate, author, and activist committed to introducing to you fresh voices through interviewing guests who are relevant to everyday life. Thank you for joining us today as we speak to the topic, The Builder's Church. Today, I'm so excited to share with all of you that I have Pastor Alexander Miles Roseboro, born in Columbus, Ohio, in December 18th, uh, 1985. Alex attended Ashland University, where he majored in history. He received his license to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ on July the 24th, 2005. Alexander has served as youth and young adult pastor at Christ Center Church in Akron, Ohio, and Youngstown, Ohio. He also has served as the leader of RAW, Real Anointed Word, where he taught the Bible to teenagers and millennials at the church at North Point. In October 2013, Alexander was appointed minister of young adults with epic extreme passion in Christ at the Mount Olivet Baptist Church, where Reverend Dr. Charles Booth served as the senior pastor. Currently, Alexander, along with a group of faithful people, launched the Builders Church in Columbus, Ohio, where he serves as the pastor. If you all have noticed all this month, I've had different young people. When I say young people, anyone under the age of 40 joining us, sharing us, sharing with us their story. And today is no different. So I hope you grab your pen and paper. There's a lot we're going to talk about. And with that, we're going to jump right in. So Alexander, welcome to Politics and Prose. And by the way, you all, this is also my son. So what's up? What's up? I'm so glad you're hanging out with me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I'm honored. What'd you say? I'm honored. You're honored. That's good. I'm glad to know that. I'm glad to know that. All right. So let's jump in here and just start asking some questions. And we're just going to have a conversation. I believe there's so many people out here who have some of these same questions. So again, thank you for joining us today. Um, Can you please introduce yourself and share a brief overview of your background and how you came to start this church in what I believe is the inner city? Oh, all right. I'm Alexander Roseboro. I've been preaching since 2005, July 24th, 2005, uh, when I was licensed at uh, Mount Zion Baptist Church in Oberlin, Ohio. Uh, 
where my stepfather and spiritual father, Kevin Dudley, Reverend Dr. Kevin Dudley, uh, pastored um, at one point in time. Uh, from there, uh, God opened up uh, opportunities for me to uh, minister at different churches. You already mentioned uh, all of them uh, during, uh, during my bio. And then I've also been privileged uh, to preach at various other churches. Um, and so in regard uh, regarding the builders church, uh, it was this time. It was, it was this time I, I had opportunities to go to other churches to work. Um, but I just was not led to go to those particular churches. And, uh, just so happened that, um, one of my mentors, uh, Bishop Kenneth Paramore out of Barberton and Youngstown, Ohio, he was talking to me about uh, churches and he asked me if I ever considered planting a church. And I said, absolutely. And from there, uh, the, the ball began to roll. And that's how the Builders Church uh, came into being. And even as I'm talking, I'm reminded that during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic, uh, as people were quarantined, uh, I started teaching a Bible study. There were people that, uh, that, that, that I knew that they still wanted me to teach them the word of God. And so I started teaching a Bible study and the Bible study was going very well. And so I knew that the time uh, had come for me to go ahead and, and, and start a church. If I can jump in here, because again, I'm your mom, so I can ask these questions. Hmm. You also did, you mentioned quarantine, and it immediately had me thinking about your story time. Oh, storybook expressions. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, so storybook. So, all right. So during quarantine, I think I might have been bored or something. I was just at home trying to figure out something, something productive to do. And uh, I decided... And it started with Facebook. It started with Facebook. I started reading uh, Aesop's fables, different uh, passages uh, out of Aesop's fables. And from there, I said, you know what? I might as well read children's books uh, on YouTube. So I started I started a YouTube channel. And uh, that was cool. That was fun. I was able to edit and, um, uh, you know, put videos together. So that was, that was a challenge for me, but it was also a learning experience. And I had a great time doing that and uh, had a lot of great feedback. I even, one of the authors uh, invited me, one of the authors of the uh, book found me on YouTube and invited me to sit on a, on a, a nationwide or a national panel to discuss uh, one of her books. And so I met some other people from that. And one of the panelists asked me, to read his books on my YouTube channel. So I, I made connections and uh, uh, from from all of that, that whole experience, uh, I think it was preparing me to be on YouTube and to be on Facebook Live for the church. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I just thought about that. So I gotta put that in here. So like what specific challenges or needs do you hope to address in starting the church? Um, and, and, and this question is twofold. And why now? Why start a church now when there's so many churches that are already out there? Okay. 
So the first the first portion of your question, what what are the challenges or needs? What specific I... challenge or needs do you do you hope to address in oh, starting? Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Good, 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 good. Uh, so um I'm 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 37, about to be 38 in December. And I've 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 grown up in church. I've been in church, you know, my whole my whole life. And um, there's certain things that I've experienced, uh, even in leadership or um, being in conversation with with people about church. Uh, one of the challenges uh, happens to be uh, how to connect with people uh, within my my age range and younger, um, especially now when uh, statistics suggest that there's a falling away from the church. Uh, many, many, uh, many people, and it's not just people within my age range, but even a little bit older, uh, have, have, have decided, I don't, I don't need church. I, I don't need to be bothered with church. Um, uh, and so as a result of that, I believe that it's, a part of my calling uh, to continue to spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, especially to people within within that 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 age demographic. Um, and even even was it earlier today? I was talking to somebody. It might have been no. It was last night. It was last night. I was in conversation with with a friend of mine, and I was telling him I don't believe that. Uh, a good portion of churches in the 21st century, in this part of the 21st century, that they need a young adult ministry. I, don't, I just don't believe that, um, especially if a congregation is already older, where the majority of the people in the congregation are are older. And when I say older, I'm talking about uh, 60 and up or 65 and up. Uh, I just don't think that there needs to be a young adult ministry. When I say young adult ministry, I'm talking about anyone between the ages of 18 uh, to 35. And then depending upon the congregation, they, they might bump that up to 40. And the reason I don't believe that, especially if a congregation, if the, the, the median age is somewhere between 60 or 65 and, and older, is because what's, what's happened uh uh, what's happened in certain congregations with with that type of age demographic, there has not been much room or space given um, from from my experience to people to, that are in their 20s and 30s to be in leadership positions. And so what's happened in order to try to pacify people in that age range, uh, the young adult ministries that I know of have been designed to to, to just make uh, young adults feel as if they're a part of the church, but not necessarily involved. Um, and so, hey, you have this group, y'all can do whatever you want to do, you know, have events, have parties, you know, uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll throw in the word of God in there, <laughs> but, but, but there's no place for you. There's no, there, there are no positions for you. And, and I believe that everyone, everyone from Generation Z uh, up to even baby boomers, everyone should be a part of the church. Everyone should be involved. And I think that there have been too many divisions 
uh, especially when it comes to age within uh, in many congregations that I know of personally. Would you say that's both black church and and others or or just a particular are you speaking just from the black church experience or could it be in any congregation? I think it could be in any congregation. Uh, I think that is a challenge right now. That's why even the statistics that uh, I'm referring to and some of these statistics in my mind uh, are coming from uh, Barna, uh, Barna statistics and surveys. Uh, it's it's not just a black church thing. It's not just a white, if you want to put a label to it, a white church thing. It's church in general, uh, where obviously it appears that people are falling away or leaving, leaving church, especially even in the Southern Baptist the, uh, denomination, the Southern Baptist um, um, Bible Belt areas. Uh, they're seeing a lot of younger people that have decided, you know what, later for church. Uh, church isn't for me. It's not connecting with me. It's not. It's not meeting me where I am. Um, and why and, do you think that is, though? When you say it's not connecting with me, it's not meeting me where I am. Why is that? I mean, is it that is it that that your age group and that or that demographic that you just shared? Um, they're more cause based, so they they prefer to do um, food banks or or focus on food insecurity or infant mortality or um resume development or entrepreneurship is there a connection or disconnection i think it's a myriad of things uh i think it's a myriad a myriad of things um i think that i think that in the 21st century we're living in an information age and so there's all kinds of information and some of the information isn't isn't right or truth or good it's just a lot of information and so in in the 21st century uh you can be on social media and you can find yourself in a comment section and everybody has become a theologian <laughs> or a biblical <laughs> scholar uh and in the social media age everybody has been given the feeling and the idea that uh, their opinion is right, <laughs> right? So everybody has an opinion and whether or not it's an informed opinion or it's a knowledgeable opinion, it doesn't really matter. Everybody has an opinion. And if somebody knows how to sell their opinion, uh, people can gravitate towards it. And so, you know, we can get into uh, new age philosophy and uh, we can get into uh, people wanting to accept all kinds of ideologies and belief systems, you know, um, and, 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 you know, this, this idea of everybody should be accepted for who they are and, and, and what they're about, whether they, you know, whether they, uh, um, whether they want to cross dress or, uh, if, if it's a, somebody who was born a male, uh, wants to uh, identify as a female or a female wants to identify as a male, that should be okay in this social media 21st century time frame that we're living in. And so, you know, 
when it comes to the church, again, depending upon depending upon the church, when it comes to the church, um, if the church is really uh, in terms of theology and, and doctrine, uh, standing on a particular um, um, foundation based upon scripture, it challenges some of the things that right now our 21st century world is saying should be okay. And I think it's causing some people uh, to, to, to question, you know, church. Is church still relevant for what's happening? Is the church still addressing, you know, issues that are taking place, you know, here and now? Well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you touched on that because, you know, and I don't want to go too deep into this, but there's so many people who are saying, you know, they're they're excluding people, and I believe Jesus loves everybody, and I, I know mm-hmm. you do as well. And there's so many people who it's almost like it's a political fight that's breaking out in the church instead of us having the conversations to see people and to meet people where they are. Um, so can you touch on that? Um, looking at, let's just be inclusive of everyone. Well, I think, I think what's happened is I think in the past, depending upon the church structure, the pastor or, or, or those who have been in leadership, it was do as I say. And I think people, I think, in, in certain settings, people accepted that. What's happening now, I think, is that it appears people are challenging that and saying, no, we got to go deeper than that. Right. You know, I'm not just going to do something that because you're telling me it's in the word of God or the Bible says so. No, you got to give me more to that because, again, I have more information. Right. <laughs> right. And so I believe that uh, churches, we have to do a better job of giving people the space and the grace to uh, express who they are. I agree with that. And what I mean by that is you don't always have to accept everything about a person, but we still need to at least try to gain an understanding of where people are coming from. Right, right. I agree with that. Yeah. So I think what, you know, in some cases from especially from pulpits, you have some preachers who are just like, you're just wrong. And, you you know, you're going to hell or, you know, whatever, you know. And that's not the case. Right. Well, yeah. And that's what what I'm saying is with truth, we still need to give people an opportunity to teach us about who they are so that we can properly address certain things. I like that to teach to teach us who they are. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So yeah. so that we can share the grace that's been extended to all of humankind. I like that. I like that. Now, true grace is always going to challenge us to to experience transformation, whatever that transformation is. Right. No, I like right? that. to become like more Christ like. Um, but no, we I'm... still need to allow grace to work. I love that. I love that to teach us who they are. That's I love that to teach us who they are. So I got. I'm gonna flip. I'm gonna change a little bit. Okay. Um, most churches traditionally meet on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did you choose Saturday evening 
and I, I tell people all the time that your young adults be popping up in there like Saturday night. You think they're on their way to a club or whatever, but they are up in there. So why did you choose Saturday evenings for your service? And how has the schedule impacted your congregation and community engagement? Okay. But let me first let me first say it's not just young adults. You know, again, we have an intergenerational congregation. And so, you know, people, people are showing up that's you know, on Saturday. Uh, but uh the reason I chose Saturday <laughs> is not really is nothing really deep. Um, I was in a church planting class. And uh, during that particular class, uh, we were going around the group and people were talking about when they were going to have church. And somebody said, uh, somebody, I forget who it was, but a couple of people were, were saying, you know, Alex, uh, you can start yours on a Saturday, man. And I said, oh, I might as well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, you know, be, you know, doing something different, you know, being different. You know, that, 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 that's my thing. So I said, let's, let's try something different. Let's see how it works. And that's, that's how it came about uh, Saturday at five o'clock. Now, this is, what's, this is what's ironic about that. There was another pastor who was planting a church around the same time. And uh, he was asking me some questions about the Builders Church. And I told him about the church in time, the date, the day and time. And he said, wow. He said, you know, during my church planting uh, experience during my workshops, uh, they were telling me five o'clock p.m. on a Saturday is what most people want. Now, I didn't do any research or anything. I'm telling you, I just said, let's work. Let's let's work with it. Let's see what happens. And that's that's how it came about. I love that. What do you think some of the advantages are of a Saturday evening? And what do you think are some of the challenges? For An advantage of a Saturday afternoon. Well. For me personally, I have, you know, I have a full time job, right, uh, be, you know, be, uh, beyond just being a pastor. So, um, so, you know, I have an occupation that goes along with my vocation. Uh, and so for me, uh, having church on a Saturday at five o'clock, it gives me time to, to further time to prepare. <laughs> right. Um, so that's an advantage. Another advantage is the way our, our church experience is structured is only about 45 minutes to an hour. And so it gives people, you know, a, you know, Saturday throughout the day early on to do what they, whatever they need to do uh, and then still come to church. And then they know they're going to be there about an hour. And then even afterwards, sometimes people still hang around. So we're still fellowshipping, you know, uh, beyond that hour, sometimes in the, in the parking lot. Uh, but it still gives them an opportunity to in, to to enjoy their Saturday. Uh, that's another. Did y'all even go even after church? Sometimes I didn't even cut you off. Mm -hmm. Y'all have gone to hockey, to soccer, to baseball, to whatever games. Even after as a as a group, or maybe two or three of y'all, y'all go to dinner, and it seems like the fellowship continues. Can you speak to that? Yes. Well, one of the things that I'm real big on at the church is fellowship right um you know fellowship with other believers and even if somebody is a non-believer they're still welcome to come hang out with us uh and so so another advantage is especially on sundays 
we have our fellowship time, you know, uh, our family, we call it family, uh, family outings or family get together time. Right. And so we'll go to a, a local pizza joint and we'll, we'll, we'll reserve a room and we're playing Uno. We're playing, uh, um, phase 10. Uh, we're playing checkers. We're playing, we're just playing games. We're eating and we're having a good time with one another. Uh, most recently last Friday we had for our, um, we called it, called it our brothers, uh, our brothers event, all the men, we went, uh, ax throwing. Yeah. I saw that. that. Another fellowship time. Uh, the women at the church had a, had a, had an all, a, a women's night where they did a vision board night and they worked on their vision and talked about their aspirations and their dreams. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yes, fellowship. Y'all go, y'all go putt putting as a complete congregation. Y'all go bowling. Y'all go. I think y'all been skating, right? Uh, we we have gone bowling. We have not gone skating as a church yet. Uh, recently, the married the married couples or 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 the people of the church who are dating, uh, went to Top Golf, which is a you know a fun golf event, uh, and had and had a phenomenal time. So yes, we we have different things that we can do, and so yeah, that was hey, that's right, that was on a uh, two Saturdays ago after church. Yes, yeah, I mean, I, I just love what you're. It's like you're building something. Um, y'all have done the clothes. builders' church, the builders' church, the build. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's why I love that the whole building piece behind it. Um, I I, I love that you all are you you're together. You have life lessons you have the young people you have the older people you have the in between the millennials you have people of all different walks of life i i just love it so what are you know just just to dig i want to go deeper what are some of the spiritual and social transformations uh that you have witnessed within your congregation and the wider community okay uh well, in the in, in within the congregation this year, we've had we we've had uh, quite a few baptisms, which we're extremely grateful to God for, uh, and that's a that was that's been a big deal for us. As a matter of fact, the majority of our views, the most views that we've had, have been from from people watching our watching the baptisms. <laughs> They've been watching baptisms. Those views are high, and and I'm grateful to God for that, uh, and that's a big deal for me as a pastor because. There are there are a lot of there are there are several. Let me be as fair as I can. Several congregations who are who haven't been able to report uh, a new convert in years. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, you know, for 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 God to use us to be laborers, you know, to be workers in this 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 field, this field known as Earth has been a you know a big deal to see people that have been willing to believe that Jesus has died for their sins and has been raised from the dead. Right. Uh, and they're willing to give their life uh, to Christ and be a part of the, be a part of the kingdom of God. So we're, we're extremely, extremely uh, proud of that. So I say that to say that's a part of the transformation that we've seen as well, where people who weren't in church or going to church or a part of the church, not only have they been baptized, but they are engaged in the life of the church. So just, so everybody at the Builders Church, if they are a member at the Builders Church, they are working. <laughs> they are working, right? They're doing something. I love that. I love uh, that. And, 
And as soon as well, folks say that they're a part of the Builders Church, I'm like, well, what can we get you to do? Right, right. right? Uh, as a matter of fact, in 2024, uh, the majority of the people who are a part of the Builders Church, each person will have an opportunity to teach life lessons, which is our weekly Bible study class, life lessons. I'll still teach life lessons 2.0. We have two Bible study classes on Tuesdays. Um, well, three, because we also have the, our teens have life lessons for teens. That, that, that's at 6 o'clock p.m. on Tuesdays. Then we have life lessons at 7 o'clock p.m. and then life lessons 2.0 at 8, 8 o'clock p.m. But everybody's going to get a chance to teach, you know, so I'm excited about that. Uh, but then we have people that are just they want to be involved, you know, it, whether it be in media uh, or or, you know, when it, we ha right now we're using uh, Shiloh Baptist Church's basement for church, for our church experience. So if it's, you know, building the stuff up for church or, you know, breaking the stuff down, people are participating. People are active in that. Uh, then we have people. They're, they're so grateful to be a part of the Builders Church. They're sharing it with their family. They're sharing it with their friends. They're sharing it with their coworkers. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that as well, where people, even when they come in from out of town to visit folks, they're, they're showing up to church. I love they're that. They're showing up to church. And so uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. Um, I love that you allow people to just be real and, and be who they are, like without any type of preconceived or prejudice behind it. They're just free. So I think that's a part of what you're building as well. Um, I know I've gathered stuff together when you were doing a different different clothes drive and things like that. And just the 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 things that you're doing that's and it's almost as if you're inviting the community in. Would you agree or disagree with that and why or why not? Right. Okay. So the so the wider community aspect of your question. So yes, we've uh, been able to go to other congregations that have clothing pantries or you know whatever they can do for outreach purposes, right? And so you know, my thing is, I know that the, the people that are part of the Builders Church, they have they have a lot of stuff, right? You know, clothes and stuff that they're probably not probably not wearing anymore. So it's like, hey why not give that, you know, give something that's been gently worn to people who really need it, right? Clean out your closet, clean it out, <laughs> you know, clean up, clean up some stuff, right? And, and let's share, let's share with our community and let's make connections that way. So that's, that's, that's one aspect. The other thing that we've been blessed to do, you know, Shiloh Baptist Church, what we do with the money that we give them is the money that we give them goes to their uh, nonprofit arm, Damascus House, right? Now this is important, and I didn't I didn't fully realize this uh, when I talked to their former pastor, uh, Pastor uh, Gilliard, Doctor Otha Gilliard, right? Uh, may he may he rest in peace. Uh, he was saying, you know, whatever you know, w when you when you give the money to us. You know, it's going to go towards the Damascus house. I was like, cool. And so what I've discovered, I discovered it earlier this year, is that what we're giving has enabled the Damascus house uh, to be self-sufficient. And what the Damascus house does is it is an outreach, an outreach ministry of Shiloh Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. And they help people who have uh, um, uh, mental mental illness. So they're doing outreach in that way. And so the Builders Church, we're able to help out 
in in that way. Uh, uh, people who are who who struggle or have struggled with alcohol addiction, right? Um, and there's something else. There's something else. Uh, oh, and cri- crisis intervention, right? And so God is using us, you know, by being a being uh, a part of using Shiloh's building. God has enabled us to also do outreach through their nonprofit by being. I a love person. that. Uh, That's great. Yeah. So I was going to ask this question, but I think you, I think that would be a part of it, not unless you have something else. And that is, I was going to ask you to share a, uh, a particularly inspiring and an, or impactful story from your experience um, as a pastor that illustrates the essence of your ministry. And I, I don't know if that's it or if you have something different, that's a that's a truly inspiring or impactful story with this building of this church. Uh, can, can you say, can you say that again, please? Well, you're like, come on now. You're <laughs> you my son, you know how I think you said, that's just too much, mom. I was asking you to share a, 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 a particular inspiring or impactful story from your experience as a pastor that illustrates the essence of your ministry. Okay. Is there anything that like just stands out? Like this is who we are. This is what we do. Um, this story has created an impact. And maybe it's the um, uh, the, ho- the uh, house you're talking about. That seems to be amazing. Oh, I can't give you, I can't, there's, there's a, there's, well, I can give you an example, um, but I want to answer it this way. I, there, there have been so many great things that have been happening that is difficult for me to pinpoint just one. <laughs> I got it's, you. It's difficult. It's difficult because for me, little things, um, are, are, are a blessing to me, you know? Uh, so th- yeah, but I, there's one, there's one that I, I guess I could highlight. Uh, and this person isn't a part of the builders church, but the person is engaged in what we're doing. Okay. And so, uh, I, I, I highlight this because the person, uh, even though they're not a member or anything, the person obviously trusts what we're doing to the extent that the person uh, was sharing with me uh, just some very personal things about their life. And as a result, I was able to get information to connect that person with what they needed. And this person uh, has a family member who, uh, is wrestling with some mental illness situations and, you know, praise God. I, I I'm connected with uh, a lady named Angie uh, Cornelius Dawson. And she is the uh, Ohio commission on minority health uh, executive director. And as a result, I was able to get, you know, the, the, the crisis intervention hotline. Um, I think it's nine, eight, eight, and provide information for that person. Um, and I, I believe just knowing that somebody cared 
Yeah. Somebody was willing to listen, and then somebody not only said, "Oh no, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for you and try to see what I can do to help you," and then it actually happened, brought that person even closer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love that. Um, closer to to church, not the builder's church, but to church, the church of Jesus Christ, and uh, so yeah, I mean that's an example of what what the heart of what we're doing at the Builders Church. And, you know, since you just mentioned that, and I love this, um, you know, your dad did this, something similar. But when you, um, at the end of your message, and you're telling people, and I like he said, join now, um, you even say, if this isn't it, let us know, and we will connect you to a church that we think will be a great fit for you. And there's not many people who would do that because they're trying to build their church and you're building God's kingdom. Oh yeah, that's what we're called to do. We're we're not called to build little kingdoms now. That's not our (laughs) calling. Uh, That's not our testimony. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I I love that. I I love that when you you do that. Um, How does your church... I don't know how much time we have left, but I got to keep going. How does your church engage with and respond to social and cultural issues, such as specifically racial racial justice, um, human rights, poverty, and environmental concerns, like those of the marginalized community? Um, what is your what you know? How how does your church engage with and wrestle with some of that? Um, you know, I don't think we'll ever forget the whole murder of George Floyd, um, the human rights now with um, with just everything. People are just being so mean and nasty towards one another. And I don't believe Christ called us to that. Then the whole poverty thing, um, how people are being marginalized. How, how do you how does how does your church deal with that? Well, well, a part of that, again, one of the ways that we've been able to address it is again, what we do um, as a result of being, you know, use or utilizing Shiloh Baptist churches uh, building. Right. And the give you know, the giving that we do uh, towards the Damascus house. That, that's one way. That's one Avenue. Uh, other ways in my teaching and preaching, I am constantly challenging us as a congregation uh to meet people where we live right and so the where we are we're in the near east side or near east end of columbus right um in terms of in terms of where we meet but the congregation lives all over central ohio Mm. and so one of the things that i i teach on is hey are you being a disciple of jesus christ where you are Right. And do you here it is. This is one of our four G's It's the last G is is generosity. Are you generous? To people wherever you happen to be. Right. And so, you know, that could be you have an encounter at somebody, you know, in a parking lot. And as a result of, you know, through conversation and discernment, you're led to be, you know, you're led to to be generous to that person. Yeah, generous. um, so, you know, you brought up, uh, racial tension. So right now, no, no, let me back up about a year ago, going in, going into this year, I taught on the book of acts 
um, and I the, the 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 Bible study or life lesson series was action, right? That's what that's what we called it. And there are plenty of places in the book of Acts that deals with racial tension. And so, you know, studying the word of God, but then making it relevant to, you know, how are you, how do you, how do you connect with people who, who might be of a different skin color than you, right? How, how do you relate to people who are, who are, who might be of a different skin color than you are, you know, and, and how, again, I'm, I'm going to bring up this word. How do you show grace to others? Right. To the extent that, you know, hopefully um, you're able to begin building relationships with a person, another human being. Right. Not just their skin color. Um, and so that's one of the things that I'm constantly uh, challenging the church in regards to. Uh, relationships yeah with, with other people that's good I, I love it i love it i love it now gotta go here in the time that we have left um i hear a lot and you and i've talked about this so much um and that's the whole financial matters of the church so oh, yeah. how does your church maintain transparency in financial matters um, and how are the financial resources allocated for various church activities, initiatives, and what mechanisms do you have in place? Because so many people today are like, I'm, I'm not giving money to the church. All they do is steal and go buy cars and go buy houses and go buy this, that, and the other. And I can say this about the Builders Church. That's not even on y'all's mind. Um, I'm not just saying that because uh, you're my son. But how do y'all work around all of those um I'm going to call it shenanigans because people are trying to dictate what you do. So how do y'all become transparent um, with your finances? Well, we let people know what we're doing, right? Um, uh, with the finances, we, there's a vision that's in place, right? And so I have a video, I actually have a video uh, with the mission, the vision and showing people what we're doing with the money. Right. So it's not, it's, there's no surprises. It's like you, they can see where the money's going. Right. And they all know, like, I don't I have a job. You're, I have a job. Like, would it be nice to get a stipend? Would it be nice to get some money from the, uh, from being, being a, a pastor of the Builders Church? It would be nice. But I don't, I don't I don't I haven't. We've been in existence for over a year and oh, in 10 months. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Bro, yeah. Almost two years old. And uh I've never, I've, I haven't received any, 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 any money. And uh, what we're trying to do, we're trying to find a building. So all of the money goes towards what we call the promised land project, right? We're looking for our promised land, like the people of Israel, you know, we're looking for a promised land. And so uh, people, people can see, you know, where that money's going. They see where the money's going in terms of the Damascus house. They see uh, where the money's going in terms of our our church activities. So yeah, yeah, and and I've been I've been very privileged uh, to be surrounded by people. They 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 know they know they know me. Right. <laughs> when I say they know me, I'm talking about you know my personality. Uh, you know, they, what they see is what they get. There's right. not a, there's not like a whole bunch of surprises or anything, right? Right. Right. And so. Um, the people can see, and here, here, wait, wait, this is what, wait, 
wait, wait, hold up. There, there have been a couple of times I forgot, like this past, this past Saturday, I almost forgot to talk about giving. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah! I almost forgot about, I almost forgot about, about saying, hey, if you would like to give. And so, so yeah, I, I think that's a part of it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I hope, I hope, I hope all of our listeners are, uh, that I hope you like piped up when he says, they have a promised land project because they're looking for a building. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, mm. Alex. But if somebody said, you know what, I like what I'm hearing, I want to give. How can they give? Where do they go? Oh, uh, they can they can go to our, our church website, uh, www.tbc-cbus.com. Again, that's www tbc-cbus.com and they can click on give and uh, they can give via cash app uh, and uh, givelify. Cool. So again, that's www.tbc-cbus that's cbus.com and for those of you who do not live in the uh, central Ohio area uh, we've taken Columbus and shortened it to C-Bus. Yeah. So that's what that's that's what's happening. So that's you, what's going on. That's, that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just the Buckeyes anymore. It's C-Bus. It's C-Bus. <laughs> I, I love that. So um, I have more questions. Okay. I, 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 you know, if you don't mind, if you don't mind. Right. Um, in your one year and 10 months, what challenges, if any, has your church faced and how does it demonstrate resilience and adaptability in overcoming them? Oh, OK. Uh, well, we started out um, we started out at the uh, OSU African-American and African Studies Community Extension Center in Columbus uh, off of Mount Vernon Avenue. And we were there for six months and uh, we ended up having to move because uh, renovations were going to take place in the building. So, you know, so within six months, we were already moving to another <laughs> another location. Uh, so we moved in, we moved into Shiloh's uh, basement. And one of the challenges, <laughs> it, it, it was the aesthetics. You know, people had a problem with how things looked. I didn't have a problem, but there were people that had a problem problem with how things looked. And so I had to use that as an opportunity to let people know within, you know, who are a part of the church, had to let them know, hey, this is a part of this is a part of our building process. This is a part of us growing and in and trusting and being faithful to God. This is a part of us learning how to communicate and build each other up, right? And it's letting us know it's not about the aesthetics. It's about the anointing. I love that. Right. And so, you know, we've got to we've got to depend on the power of God. All right. And so, you know, because, you know, because of all of that, you know, we, we, we worked past that. And then we, you know, we they had a curtain there. So we ended up using the curtain more at, at that at the building and um uh, we got some banners with QR codes on them so people can, can you know, take a snapshot and, and go directly to our church website to get more information about us. So we started working on things to try to, you know, clean it up a bit. 
Um, but that was that was a challenge. Another challenge that uh, we had early on, we had musicians, like phenomenal musicians. Like our drummer was on tour. <laughs> so we had great musicians. We had a great singer who's a part of a, a nationally renowned choir, gospel choir. She was our lead singer, uh, our, our, our lead soloist. But I was noticing people weren't responding to the music. So, you know, I remember talking to the church administrator and she was like, Pastor, you know, Pastor Alex, you know, you know, we're paying them a lot of money, <laughs> to, you know, to, 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 to play and to minister through music, um, you know, you know, and we're trying to find a building, we're trying to do this. And I had to make a, a tough decision because I like music. You know, I, I grew up with church having music and I, I was led to get rid of the music. So think about that. How, how many, especially uh, people of African-American descent <laughs> are having church without music. Right. But what I noticed was when we met, when we met that challenge, more people started showing up in person, in person, right? I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And what the and what happened was, I then had to start making sure that more people that were showing up in person were then praying, leading in prayer. So I started having different families lead in prayer. That was a part of our worship. That was a part of our worship to the Lord. And then I started having uh, young, you know, different, different dem age demographics begin to pray to lead worship. And that prayer, that's been the foundation of our worship experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember not too long ago, um, I came to the service, you know, I don't come every Saturday. Um, God bless but you. <laughs> <laughs> At least you show up sometimes, right? I show up sometimes. You know, but now, unless we can talk about that for a moment, which let me get this part out, but I want to come back to talk about that for me. Uh, you're like, okay, let's see where she's going. But um, it was a couple of Saturdays ago. Your sister was in town. We came yeah. and you were preaching. And I literally got up because you were at the end talking about, I will, I will not lose ever using the words from, I think it was Jay-Z, his song or something about that. But mm -hmm. your whole series was um, was amazing. And 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 you were talking about the, the anointing a few moments ago. And I just remember standing up and I was like, I don't know why, but I'm going to say this with you. I will not lose ever. Mm -hmm. And like then the whole church just kind of like came behind that. But the message was so life transforming. But mm -hmm. I was like, wow. So even when you're talking about the aesthetics of the building of that mm -hmm. area, None of that mattered at that time when that message right. was coming across. So you have to come willing to just to be a part of that. I love it that we can be in blue jeans or shorts or flip flops or whatever. And mm. no one's paying attention to that. So you've created something that I haven't seen in many places. Um, mm. People aren't judging. So you have people from the suits to the shorts and flip-flops um, mm -hmm. of all walks, different walks of life. And I, I love that. But I want to go back to the Saturday. Okay. Um, when I went out, the viewers, they're probably like, okay, what's the, what's the background of that? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm like, Saturday as at my age, and I'm glad mm -hmm. I asked that question early on, but it's like, 
man, I want to. So I'll jump online and watch it online. Right. But I, I think embedded in my head is Sunday, Sunday mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it has to be. Church can be on Friday night, Friday afternoon, whenever. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder sometimes, do you have to, and I'm going back to grab that question again. Do mm-hmm. you have to wrestle with people? I should say wrestle with people. Do you have to convince people? Like, come on, y'all. Just It's five o'clock because now we're in the season of football, college football. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right here in Buckeye land. Do you ever have to navigate that? Because it doesn't seem it even matters to your people who come. They just show up. No, because people make time for what they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> really you talking about me, right? <laughs> people make time for what they want to do. If you want to go somewhere bad, you know, if you want to go somewhere badly enough, you're going to go. You know, you're going to you're going to make it happen. You're going to put it on your schedule. You're going to put it on your calendar right. and you'll make it happen. I think what's happened is, you know, uh in this consumer this consumer uh, atmosphere that we live in um, what we've done with church is we've tried to make church convenient for people. Yeah. Right. And no, you know, we don't want anyone to be inconvenienced. So we're going to try to make it, you know, like I said, I didn't even know, I didn't even know that there was a statistic or a survey to determine that five o'clock PM at Saturday is what, so, what, uh, Many people were preferring for church. I didn't know that. That's not how I operated. That wasn't my motive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, at all. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, college football season is taking place and all of that. Uh, but no, that that doesn't that doesn't bother me at all. As a matter of fact, when people who are a part of the Builders Church and they attend in person, if they're not going to make it, they tell me. <laughs> Right. They tell me they're like, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to make it today because something's come up or, you know, there's this event or something has happened where they cannot make it. Uh, And then they reassure me, but I'm going to watch it online or or whatever. Right. Uh, So there's so what I've discovered with the five o'clock p.m. on Saturday is that it's caused people to be become even more accountable. Wow. In, cool. in in many ways, uh, which you know that 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 does something for me. Like wow, yeah, you know I can the, see the that. integrity that is here. Yeah, <laughs> I know? can see that's great. So two more questions, maybe three. And wait, let me back up. Let me go a little further. And so you know, people have asked me, you know, have you planned on changing it to Sunday? And uh, my answer, I thought about this over the weekend. I thought about this over the weekend. My answer, my new answer to people is going to be, for all I know, it could be on Monday night. There's like, that. You know, but I'm just, but no, I mean, I'm saying all that to say Saturday has been a blessing to us and uh, I have not, I have not planned on changing that for now. No, I love that. I think I asked you that too. So just go ahead and tell the people your mom asked you that question too. Oh, oh yeah. You asked me that a while. Yeah. You've, you've asked me that more than just once, but yes, God bless you. Oh, okay. You got to slip that in <laughs> okay all right okay so one question is what are in this in this this is called politics and prose okay so in this political climate Mm -hmm. do you find the people within your congregation struggling 
um, frustrated, um, concerned, or anything when it comes to political climate. Like right now in the U.S. House of Representatives, mm-hmm. as of this recording, um, we we still don't have a, a House Speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're facing possibly a government shutdown right at the time of Thanksgiving in the holiday season. We have... Um, uh, people who still are election deniers. We have people who um, are saying the healthcare doesn't work. We have terrorist attacks that are going on around the world. We have people who are food insecure. We have people who um, are facing homelessness. We have you, we can just keep going and going and going. We have inflation. We just have so much happening. Mm-hmm. What's the heaviness on your parishioners at the church when it comes to politics? Uh, well, at the Builder Church, I haven't had anyone come up to me uh, really expressing a a heaviness uh, as much as okay. Let me let me let me let me back up. So every Tuesday, as I said earlier, we have our life lessons. And so during life lessons, um, we have prayer requests. Right. So what happens is people tend to at that at that moment express a burden or express something that they would like prayer for. And so during that time, there have been moments when people have expressed uh, some of the issues that you have asked about. Right. And we pray about those things. Um, and uh, I haven't I haven't done this lately because of the fact that we have the two Bible studies now. But there have been times when I've been on on the call uh, after I'm done teaching from the word of God for, you know, another 30 minutes to an hour just discussing various issues, um, whether it be uh, racial tension um uh, or, um, health, health crisis. Uh, so in terms of the congregation, uh, no one has, no one has, uh, often come up to me uh, saying, you know, what, what are we going to do with, you know, the inflation situation? What are we going to do? And I think, um, a part of that is, it's not that they haven't faced it, but some way, somehow, uh, God has enabled people within the Builders Church to endure those things mm-hmm. and come out on the other end uh, of it. So an example would be one particular congregant, one particular member, uh, his job was downsizing. But some way, somehow... You know, for me, I believe God provided him an opportunity to be to be spared of that. But he still felt the tension. He was still concerned. Mm -hmm. Right. But when he was first going through it, I didn't know. It wasn't until he got through it that he said, Pastor, I need you to know that I just want to you know, let you know, I, I thank God that I still have a job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's been it's, it's been, you know, stuff like that uh, in terms of uh, economy situations. Um, I recently was talking to a married couple at the church and they were just talking about because they're entrepreneurs and they they were talking about 
you know, pastor, you know, bills are going up, but people aren't, you know, they're not tipping or they're not, you know, you know, some people are leaving. Some of our clients are leaving. And so a part of having to navigate through that is just for me as a pastor to listen to them. Yeah. Uh, but also try to walk with them or walk them through other ways or ideas, working on other ideas and strategies to keep the business going. I love that. I love right? that. Or, or, you know, could it be that, uh, you know, you shut the business down for a season, you still keep working on it, but in the meantime, you, you have another, you know, you go to another occupation just to make yeah. sure the bills are taken care of. Uh, so now that I'm starting to think it through a little bit more, yes, people do express those things, but it, you know, yeah. I got you. All right. Last question. Last question. This is politics and prose. So we talked mm -hmm. about books. What book are you currently reading? Who's the author and why that book? And let's do this in like two minutes. Oh, I'm reading, uh, Spurgeon, the pastor by Geoffrey Chang. And the re oh, you want to know why, right? <laughs> the reason I'm reading it is because Charles Spurgeon uh, is 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 arguably he's known as being arguably, uh, if not the greatest, one of the greatest 19th century pastors and preachers of his time. And so the book, the author's approach is showing him not just as a great preacher, but as a great pastor. And so I'm trying to glean from, you know, uh what's what has been considered his greatness and try to see what i can learn and 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 use as a pastor okay what's the title again the title is spurgeon the pastor spurgeon the pastor yeah recovering right. a biblical and theological vision for ministry say that again recovering a biblical and theological vision for ministry cool all right. All right. If people want to get in touch with you, stop by the church or whatnot, can you give us the information? We got your website, mm -hmm. which is um, www.tbc-bus.com. Yeah. At what time? Where the, the church location? Okay. So, yeah. Um so church, the, we use Shiloh Baptist Church's building, and that's located on uh, 702 Mount Zion, oh, Mount Zion, oh my God, 702 Mount Vernon, <laughs> 702 Mount Vernon Avenue, Columbus, Ohio. Um, and that's where we meet on Saturday or Saturdays at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. All right. And you can also find us, you know, on Facebook by searching for uh, the Builders Church. <laughs> Um, and then you go go to our website www.tbc-cbus.com, and you can click on Watch Now to watch us live. Um, you can also go to the website to get the address and to get you know a map, <laughs> uh, you know, to show where we're at. Um, so yeah. can they contact you from the website as well? Yeah, they can contact contact me. Uh, by or contact the church by clicking on join now and entering their name, telephone number, or email address, and then the message box letting us know, um, you know, what, what they need. You know, if they're looking to, if they, if they have accepted salvation and, you know, they want to be baptized, uh, they're looking for a church home, whether it be the Builders Church or another church, we'll, you know, help people find a place that a church that is compatible uh, with their, you know, spiritual giftedness and, 
their their spiritual growth, maturity, and development. Uh, but whatever, whatever. If you're contacting us, click on join now, and in the message box, let us know what you're what you're what you're in need of. I love this. I love this. Has been a great interview. Thank you so much, son. You're welcome. But I, I got to give our church motto. I didn't get a chance to do that earlier. I wanted to. Well, you um, go right ahead. We, we we are developing Christ-centered disciples through word, work, and worship. I love that. Thank you. You're like, wait a minute, you can't you can't hang up yet. I gotta give this info. <laughs> that was great. You said so much. Um just really, really great information um from your heart. there's just that one line that you gave, and I just want to put this out there before I sign off. Um, You say, you said to allow people to teach us who they are. So to allow people to teach you, allow people to teach the church, allow people to teach the pastor who they are. And I just have here words of Alexander. That is such such a powerful statement. Um, Well, you can't help people if you don't know where they're coming from. Right. I agree. I agree. I agree. And that should just take down the walls for everybody, regardless of your walk of life. Just allow, just come and teach us who you are. I just think that's, that's amazing. So thank you for that. Um, I I just really, I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you, son. You're welcome. Thanks for, (laughs) thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me talk about the Builders Church. Absolutely. Y'all are building some things. All right, y'all. Y'all know what I say, everyone. Stay well and remember to make some bold moves. Um, In this season, we will begin um, collecting. um, There'll be opportunities for you to sow into the lives of others through um, giving a food. Y'all know here um, on Politics and Prose, as well as News and Motion, we are in partnership. We do. We get all these uh, gift cards to um, give to people who are in need of food and just let everyone know um, on that uh, gift card, they're not allowed to buy spirits or alcohol or anything like that. So it is food. So if you're thinking, looking for a place to to give money to help, just you can reach out to us. Um, just I'll give you my um, email. It's going to be in the in the description as well, but it's info the period sign Gail Dudley at gmail.com and say, Hey, we want to give and you'll be able to do that. All right, Alexander, you have a great week. Um, May God continue to bless the work that you all are doing at the Builders Church. May y'all continue to grow. May people find out who you are and come and be a part. With that, we're out, everybody. New episodes air on Fridays. Make sure to follow Gail on Instagram, Twitter, and post.news at Gail Dudley. And subscribe to her YouTube, www.youtube.com slash Gail Dudley. Tune in to be informed. And make sure to subscribe to Politics and Pros wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode.